0: You can find it on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app, also available in Spanish and French.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. Welcome to Miha on the Mic. Welcome to this show where we are going to interview daughters of immigrants and immigrants themselves, um, people from all different backgrounds who are making moves in their industries around the world. Today, I'm so excited to invite mother of six, right? Yes. Six. <laughs> uh, home educator and digital content creator, Brenda Rivera Stearns. Brenda Stearns is the heart behind the social media account She 5 which it's six now, right? <laughs> where she inspires women worldwide by sharing honest stories that make motherhood relatable, authentic, and beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us, Brenda.
2: Gracias. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so honored that you guys reached out to um, share my story. I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you.
1: That's amazing. We're so excited to hear your story. Now, Miha is a show where we share immigrant stories through fiction and also highlighting, you know, the nuances that affect all the different members of a family, mothers, fathers, daughters, sons, um, who came who stayed behind and wherever they are in their journey generationally um, from their immigration. So to start off, I want to hear about what your family's immigration story is. What's your cultural background? What feels like home to you? So I was
2: born and raised in Mexico. I lived there until I was twelve. When I was twelve, I moved from Monterrey, Mexico, to Minnesota. So it was a very drastic change. Um It was at the time, I guess I didn't really know it, but now as an adult looking back, I can tell that it was a very traumatic time for me. Um, Just not really knowing the language, not really knowing the culture, not really knowing what to expect. Um, I come from a single mom. I have three three other sisters. So there's four of us, five females in the home total. Um, And so, yeah, we were... From hot weather to like snow and super cold was very, very hard. Going to high school for the first time was also extremely hard. Um, Just the culture of, of high school in America versus like school in Mexico. Um, is very, very different. But yeah, so that's kind of like my history, just born and raised in Mexico, Norteña. <laughs> just really, really um, proud of my heritage. How old were you when you came? 12. It was in 19, at the end of 1999. Uh, I was 12 years old. I was about to turn 13 in March the following year.
1: Okay. And so that means that you had like a, a full understanding of Mexico before you came. And I imagine you felt a little bit. Like an outcast, no, in your school when you first kind of joined, how was that um, for you?
2: My goodness, it was really hard. You know, times have changed a lot. You're talking about like 23 years ago. I feel like uh, the United States and the culture here, society as a whole, wasn't as inviting as it is right now. I think TikTok has played a big part on how people view other cultures, and there's more like diversity and more appreciation for people that look and act different than. Than you know, the majority of of Americans. But back then, it was, I mean, you were made to feel that you did not belong. And people reminded you of that every single day of your life. So it was very, very difficult from like, your English is weird, or your accent is different, or like little silly bullying jokes, like, oh, what do you do in Mexico for Christmas? Do you decorate a cactus? And just different silly things like that, that people like just wanted to make sure that you knew You weren't like them.
1: And what helped you during that time to kind of adjust?
2: Um, I think I've just always been a person that's very like strong in like my beliefs and in who I am. And so people's opinions of me hold no value to who I believe I am for myself. And that's something my mom taught me from a very young age. I feel like my mom is such a strong woman. And you know, that's like your typical Mexican mom who's like very strong and like, no feelings shown and all of that. So I especially her being as a single mom, um, she had to be twice as strong. And so I saw that and I kind of like internalized that. And, um, I, I know that it affected me somehow, but at the time I kind of like put on a mask and was like, no, 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 it's not going to affect me. Cause I'm strong. Cause I know who I am. Um, but like I said, now that I'm an adult and now that I have kids, like my oldest is 12. So she's at that age that I moved here. And I like, remember my life back then. And I'm like, wow, like That was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot to deal with as a 12 year old. And um, yeah, I'm just like really thankful that my daughter doesn't have to experience the same things that
1: I experienced when I moved here. And are you still in Minnesota? No. So I lived in Minnesota
2: for 10 years. And then after that, I moved to Georgia where I lived for about a year, maybe a little bit less than that. And then I moved to Ohio. And what led me to Ohio is a Completely different story in its own. I actually met my husband through an accidental text. I sent the text while I was in Georgia. I sent it to all my contacts. And then I got a text saying, amen to that. Who is this? And I'm like, hey, it's Brenda. You know, Roxy's sister. He's like, nope, my name's Isaiah Stearns. I don't think we've ever met. And that's really what started it all. He was living in Ohio. We were long distance for a little bit. And then I ended up moving to Ohio where I got married to him. And now we've been here for 14 years. I've officially lived in Ohio longer than anywhere else.
1: <laughs> Cosas del destino, no? Si. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible, and and you know that's great that we you are we're, we're getting to that part of your life now. Um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey, um, in becoming a mom because now you are a mom of of numerous children. Yes. But, um, I think uh, it's also interesting to hear you know now being a mother who is an immigrant who now has to kind of pass on your culture to your kids so I'm, I'm I'd love to hear about you know your first experiences in motherhood and and how that played out with your culture and your language and everything
2: yeah yeah that was also um difficult I think because so I married um uh, my husband was born and raised in Ohio he's been here all his life he's American as white as I come he does not speak Spanish he doesn't know how to dance I mean <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking right <laughs> I, I I'm a person that loves uh, to dance, and I love music, and so that was a big part of that I wanted to bring into our family. Um, even though our kids were born and raised here, I wanted them to be proud of their heritage, to know that they are also Mexican, and so I think my mom also played a big part on that. She comes and she visits, and you know, every time she comes for Christmas, we make tamales, and we're dancing, and it's just I I love that my kids are able to to experience the traditions that I experienced as a child when when I was in Mexico even though they're not in my country. Um so yeah, it's it's beautiful it's beautiful to see how they embrace both cultures as a whole. Do you speak Spanish with them? I do every now and then so at home uh my my language, my primary language is English mainly because my husband doesn't speak Spanish so I, we just like I don't know. And I guess because I've been here in the U.S. for longer, (laughs) I just am more comfortable speaking in English, but they do know a lot of word, a lot of words. And I also homeschool them. So we do have a Spanish class. Um, My goal is for them to be fully bilingual.
1: That's incredible. Um, And I I think also very valuable because in the U.S. now Spanish is being seen as valuable, whereas in the past it might not have been. So that's incredible to do that. I'd love to hear about how you started your content. So what made you start your your account? Like, what was the thing that pushed you? Was it a moment? Was it something that, you know, happened in your life that made you go, you know what? This deserves to be told. Yeah, it was
2: all kind of accidental. I uh, just given birth. Actually, no, I was pregnant with my fifth child. And I just, you know, motherhood can be very lonely, and it can feel very isolating. And so I was just kind of searching for a community of other moms who were like minded. And I started an Instagram account, just kind of sharing my pregnancy journey. And then after my baby was born, I really leaned into the whole postpartum uh, body positivity uh, theme, and was sharing, you know, that it's okay to have scars, it's okay to have a jiggly tummy, and and it's okay that you don't have to erase your evidence of motherhood um and I had a particular post it was a picture of me showing like my wrinkly tummy and it was next to my baby and I wrote a caption of how uh our bodies what female bodies are so amazing and powerful and and the evidence that we hold in our bellies um is, is just like a testimony of, of the strength and the power that, that we hold. And I really didn't expect for this post to really do anything than my 10 friends <laughs> that I had on Instagram at the time, but it went viral and it got picked up by numerous magazines. And then um, Women's Health Magazine's Instagram account shared my image and it was their most liked image of 2019. And so that picture was kind of like the door that opened and led me to a bunch of different opportunities and my Instagram account just kind of like really grew, um, a lot. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, use this opportunity to kind of use my voice and and share my story and and my journey. And it's been a lot of fun.
1: That's amazing. Um, and in 2019, that's, that's crazy how quickly it, it kind of grew because they see your account and you, you really got a great community. I wonder if there's any highlights that you'd like to share from from these many years of now being on social media and sharing your body. My favorite yeah.
2: thing, my favorite thing about Instagram, uh, by by far one hundred percent, is people DMing me and sharing their heart. I mean, there are women who confide in me things that are private and sensitive, and and I just the trust that they have in me is something that I value uh, tremendously. Like it's I don't really care about the follows. I don't really care about the likes and the engagement. And I mean, I know it's important and it has its place, but it, it doesn't compare to a mom DMing me and sharing, hey, Brenda, like I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Can you offer some encouragement? That to me means the world.
1: How does it feel to share the process of motherhood with the world? Like, was it awkward at first or was it very natural for you? Did you kind of feel like um, you're kind of, I guess, allowing people to kind of step into your home? How did it feel when you started doing it?
2: It honestly felt kind of natural at first. Uh, I think at first I was just like excited and I was like literally sharing every moment, sharing everything. Now over the years um, of just like experiencing social media as a whole and like how it's excuse me, how it's changed so much in the past four years, even Um, I've become, I guess, a little bit more private in a way. I don't necessarily share everything that I used to share in the past. Um, Like I'm not constantly posting 24,000 stories a day (laughs) like I used to before. Um, So I will say that I've become, I guess, more private than I was before. But yeah, it just felt natural at the time.
1: I'm curious about, you know, your this is a, a lot about your heritage and and how you pass it on and everything, but I'm curious about what being a Latina mom means to you. So in particular, how that informs the way that you you raise your children.
2: Oh, my goodness, that's an amazing question and um I hope I, I am able to answer it in a way that makes sense, but being a Latina mom, I, there's nothing I am more proud of. Like it's probably like my biggest flex is being Mexican and then having six kids. <laughs> like that's my whole personality. Um, I, I don't know, I feel like being able to give my kids two different cultures, two different experiences, two different languages, two different ways of life is something to really be proud of you know my kids get to experience what it's like to be to have a mexican mom and to have an american dad and to have both cultures intertwine in our daily life and literally everything we do from how i respond to them to you know the music that we listen to to the food that we cook to the colors that we choose to decorate our home like everything in our lives is like uh, a trenza right like a braid of being american and mexican and like how it, it becomes together um it's it's something really special. i very, very proud of it and very excited to to raise kids who appreciate um, two different cultures and then they're able to pass that on to their, you know, their friends and whoever else they come in contact with in the world.
1: I love that. Um, I'm curious if there's any one of your kids that has embraced the culture more than any other, cause you know, there's always like a variation.
2: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So I think my oldest two girls, and especially cause they're older, I think they're able to like understand, appreciate it more. They love being Mexican. Like they're, they, especially my second oldest, she's 11. She's the one that can actually have a conversation with me in Spanish she loves and she's very self-taught. She'll go and like Duolingo or like different language apps and she'll try to like learn Spanish on her own. And she'll come to me and be like and like if I say something in, in English, she'll be like, Pero por qué, mamá? And I like, guess she's just like answering me in Spanish all the time. Um, And I love that. I love
1: that so much. Who in your family has inspired the, the kind of work you're doing the most?
2: Oh, my goodness. All of them. Honestly, they all inspire me in different ways. Um, uh, my oldest daughter, she is extremely nurturing and you don't have to ask her to help. She's just has this willingness to serve and she's very humble. Um, and so she inspires me to cultivate that area of me. And then my second oldest, Veronica, she is very like assertive, very confident, um, And she also inspires me in that aspect, like, you know, she doesn't care the opinion of other people, like, I am who I am, and I love who I am, and that's, I'm going to run with it. And so I I genuinely love that about her. She inspires me in that way. And then my oldest son, Sammy, he is very silly. Everything is a party. Everything is a joke. And so he inspires me to lighten up, to, you know, laugh a little, to be silly, um, to not take everything so seriously. And then, you know, my youngest, they are still developing their personality, but they all inspire me to be the best that I can be, not just for myself, but also for them, because I realize that the impact I have on them is is really big and I'll never really get to see the ripple effect of like my uh, influence on them. And so I take that very seriously.
1: You know, I was just thinking about something when when I'm hearing you, Um, as daughters of immigrants, a lot of the time... We have these expectations from our families to do certain kinds of jobs, certain kinds of, you know, accomplishments to fulfill the American dream. Um, you've chosen the path of being a mother and creating a family. I wonder, you know, how does your family feel about that? Because I, you know, I think it's really interesting because they, they have the American dream, at least in my culture, I'm Colombian American. Um, it's like, yeah, you have the American dream. We want you to be successful, but also. No matter what accomplishment you have, the first accomplishment is going to be making a family. So in the end, it's not one or the other. As a woman, you have to do both. Um, so I'm I'm curious, like you know, how do what do you feel about that? How do you you kind of your American dream? What is it? What does it actually have become? And how does your family feel about how you've kind of built this life?
2: Yeah, I I, I totally see what you're saying. I feel like there's a lot of pressure, especially on um, Latina women to build a career and go to college and buy a home and be successful and have this high-end paying job, but also be a mom and cook for your husband and do all the things. So, yeah, I I can totally see that pressure. I think because my mom uh, was a single mom, she'd already broken all the stereotypes back in Mexico. So I don't think that she moved to the U.S. carrying, um, I guess, that mold that um, the Hispanic culture puts in in, in women, um, so she was she had already broken free from that, and that helped us not be raised, I guess, with that ideal. Um, so I I never had like I guess a pressure to be something or become something. Um, for my mom, success uh, was always happiness. So if you are truly happy and content, then you are successful. And so I, I carried that in how I build my own family. Um, our goal is to truly be happy, but not like a, like an outwardly happy, but like a happiness that gives you peace with the choices that you've made in life. Knowing that uh, there are no what ifs, there's no like, oh my goodness, I should have done this or I should have done that. Or I don't, because I, I, I chose not to go to college. And so I think because there's that pressure of like, you need a college degree to be successful. Sometimes it comes in the back of my mind, like, oh, you're just a stay at home mom or you're just this, you know, there's always that little tiny voice. Uh, But there is so much confidence in the choices that I have made that led me to where I am that I'm quickly to you know, shush those voices, callense, <laughs> I'm fine where I am, I'm happy. And like I said, it's happiness that gives you peace. And so, yeah, in that sense, I don't know, I didn't really feel that much pressure to to be something maybe that I didn't want it to be at the moment.
1: I love hearing you say that. I think that happiness is a really good dream to have. Um, and actually what you just said reminds me of something that I read um, and that I always come back to um, when I'm thinking about um, ambition and like that, that kind of, drive to become something else that would be an accomplishment. And it's, um, the more healed you are, the less ambitious you become because you don't need that stuff actually. And I think your career as a mom and as a content creator is, is proof of that because you're so accomplished in your own way and you don't need to find these other things and the pressures of society have not had to, you know, step into that world and you said say, and it's ciao, you know? <laughs> it's <Yes>. perfect. Um <laughs> Yeah,
2: I love that. I love that quote. And and I think honestly our success, sorry, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. There is not like one way fits all. Uh some women, they just dream of having a career and and being successful in that way. And that's totally fine and totally valid. And we should celebrate that. But then there's other women who, you know, just want to be moms and wives and attend to their families and to them that's successful. And so we should like, that's valid and that's okay. And we should celebrate that too. I think we've sometimes a society wants to like just pick one way, one lane. And it doesn't have to be that way. There's many ways to be happy. There's many ways to be successful because we're not all the same. We all have different personalities.
1: Yeah. And you have six sources of happiness yourself. Yes. (laughs) Six little messy worlds. (laughs) I would like to ask you, um, you know, through all these years of everything that you've gone through and, you know, to come to this place where you're at and in your life, what is the thing you're most proud of in your journey? Oh, my goodness. As a Miha, as a, a daughter of immigrants?
2: That's that's a beautiful question. Um, so many things. I honestly look back into my life and I'm proud of so many things. I'm proud of overcoming fear of, you know, being in a brand new country, not knowing the language, not really knowing anybody. Um I think of how strong um 12-year-old Brenda must have been. And I get like really teary thinking about it because um in the moment, I don't think it affected me as much or I try to not let it affect me. But now that I'm an adult and like I said, my oldest is 12 and I think of everything that I've been through, I'm like, oh, wow, like that's a lot. Like I wish adult me 36 year old brenda was with 12 year old brenda holding her hand and telling her you can you know you got this and and so i get emotional thinking about that and it's something i'm i'm extremely proud um, of of just overcoming that and then in motherhood just proud of being able to pass that strength onto my kids and that experience and Seeing them be kind humans, genuinely kind, is something that it just fills me with so much joy because um, that's my my goal as a mom. You know, I don't really care how they do academically, although I, it has its place and we do homeschool and, you know, we do have our, our academic goals. But that is not my priority. My priority is for my kids to be empathetic, to be kind, to leave people better than they found them. And when I see them do that, that's like, oh, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like my heart just like burst and it's, uh, there's nothing that surpasses that.
1: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of these things about your experience. I think you know moms like you or mothers of of a big family are invisible in media and so when i found you i was so excited because it's it's beautiful to see and it's it's you know you're not hiding and it's you know more than just the difficulties of it you you shine on the you know positive things of having a big family and having a family um and so you know, thank you so much for being open and honest with everything that you've said. Um, we're going to come out to the end to the, of the interview now, and I'm going to ask you some quick speed round questions. Um, so answer as, as automatically as you can, you know, what, whatever comes to mind first. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what language do you swear in when you accidentally touch a hot plate? Spanish. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Ah, oh, chiles rellenos. Uh, what's the song you've had in your head this week?
2: Oh my goodness. Um, anything by Carla Morrison.
1: Oh, she's so great. I love her. I love her. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's your last Google search that you are comfortable sharing?
2: Oh my goodness. I think I was Googling something about like high fever. Cause one of my kids was like sick this week. Oh no.
1: Are they okay now?
2: <laughs> they are, but be- they're getting better. Okay. <laughs> but it's not time of the year. Um, what is your biggest dream? Uh, to own at least five acres and a house with at least five bedrooms so one of my so each of my kids can have their own bedrooms and have three poodles.
1: That's a beautiful dream. I hope that you get that dream. Thank you. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Thank you so much for your time, Brenda. Tell us where we can find you on social media. So I
2: am she underscore plus five on everything. A quick little story about that. In 2019, after all of that got shared, I got verified by Instagram. And so since then, I've had another kid and I haven't been able to change my username. So even though I have six kids, I can't change my username. So I'm she plus five everywhere. Even though I am six,
1: (laughs) that's incredible. Thank you so much. And one last thought for our mijas out there. What is your advice to daughters of immigrants who might be scared to take the leap and tell their story about motherhood or about their hardships and and about the beautiful things that happened to them?
2: That you are enough, that uh, your voice matters and your story matters, and there's people out there who are waiting to hear your story. So use that fear, use that nervousness, and make it fuel your next step
1: incredible thank you so much brenda
2: you're very welcome thank you for inviting me and letting me share my story i really appreciate it
1: thanks for listening this is miha on the mic a season of reflection on our shared experiences as daughters of immigrants over the next couple of weeks i'll be sharing stories like these and inviting guests to share theirs Follow us on Instagram at Miha Podcast, that's M I J A Podcast, and leave us a note if you like this story. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This is a production of Studio Ochenta, a Latina owned multilingual podcast studio dedicated to raising voices across cultures. For more from Studio Ochenta, follow us at Ochenta Podcasts on Instagram, that's O C H E N T A Podcast with an S on Instagram. P.S. Don't forget this season is also about you. If you have a story you'd like to share, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I invite you to reach out on Instagram at mehubpodcasts and leave us a message with a short story or memory of yours that warms your heart. We'll read it out loud on the show. Hasta pronto. ciao.
0: Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Did you know that Mija has her own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Mija Podcast, the audiobook, an exclusive and never-before-heard collection of memoirs and reflections by her creator, Lori Martinez, about what it meant to turn her own migration story into a fiction series. When you get Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. You can find it on libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. Also available in Spanish and French.